While the words ricocheted in the Grand Dome, Hashim kept his head low and said a silent prayer asking for mercy like he had done thousands of times since realizing he was gay. My name is Henrik Vilenius and I'm the author of the Rise Up Trilogy, a young adult coming-of-age story about Hashim, Alex and Marian confronting real-life issues like climate change, corrupt politics, animal cruelty and racial and gender equity. This weekly serialized audiobook podcast is narrated by Scott Summers. 5. Hashim buckled under the scrutiny of the fiery eyes of the heavy-bearded man standing behind the pulpit. We have to stay strong when we are surrounded by people who claim a sin not to be a sin, the imam said to the men sitting in rows in front of him. Even some Muslims say that. For added effect, he furled his brows as he turned his attention to the women at the back. They say you can be a Muslim and a homosexual. But those who say the Quran doesn't reject homosexuality don't understand Islam. And they certainly don't speak Arabic. He raised his eyes skyward and bellowed. Allah has cursed anyone who does what Lot's people did. Hashim squirmed as he crouched cross-legged on the carpet that covered the whole mosque floor. He didn't dare to look at his father next to him. He was afraid the imam would point the finger at him and call him out any time now. First, he would be flogged in the basement. And then, in the backyard after sunset, they would hang him from the neck. However, his rational mind told him he was safe as long as he would not give in to temptation. Besides, he had a built-in armor. His muscles protected him not only physically, but mentally too. He was sensitive and rather shy, but effeminate he was not. He didn't look like a sissy, and because of his strength, not many guys would have dared to mess with him. From experience, he knew that bullies only tormented those they knew were not going to fight back. The imam raised his palms. Each man and woman is created heterosexual by Allah. Genetically, no human being loves the same sex, even if some ill-informed scientists say so. And those who say so are usually homosexuals themselves. Hashim was surprised to see Dad breaking ranks and shake his head in disbelief. I'm not talking about platonic love, but love as it is between husband and wife. When people engage in homosexual acts, as Allah says, they become blind. They can't see right from wrong. Hashim stole a glance over his shoulder at his mother in the back, nodding her head like all the women around her. With all due respect to the animals, they become like animals. Why do I say this? The religious leader of the mosque let his eyes wander from person to person, as if waiting for somebody to stand up and deliver an answer. Hiding his face in shame, Hashim saw his father crossing his arms. However, he was unsure if his father somehow knew about him and the unease was therefore caused by disapproval of him, or if his father just didn't agree with the imam. Sometimes, Hashim got the feeling that his father came to the Friday prayers 
only for the sake of the family unity. Since the old Sufi imam had been fired, he often had that pensive look on his face during the sermon. The same face Hashin had seen him having when talking about the healthcare system or the current situation in the Middle East. Maybe his father's resentment arose from the way the new imam touted Islamism. Whereas his predecessors left out the politics and stuck to the spiritual things, like the renunciation of worldly things, purification of soul, and contemplation of God's nature. Because it's an insult to the animals, the imam said, raising his voice. Dogs and bitches do not engage in this kind of behavior. Therefore, these people are lower than the animals. While the words ricocheted in the Grand Dome, Hashim kept his head low and said a silent prayer asking for mercy like he had done thousands of times since realizing he was gay. Hashim waited in the shadows of a big oak tree for his father to come pick him and his mother up. To pass the time, he turned his attention to two kids playing on the grass. Suddenly, the younger one burst into tears. Before any sound had come out of the little one's throat, a young woman rushed to the child and scooped him up into her arms. Tears were streaming down his flabby cheeks. She smoothed the boy's hair and whispered soothing words into his ears, and soon the crying stopped, changing to an occasional sniff. Hashim swallowed. Would he ever feel that kind of connection with somebody? Could he ever feel as needed as did this young mother? If he had a family, wouldn't his future child see right through him and see what a fraud he was? And a fraud he would be if he married Soraya. He couldn't make her happy. Watching videos of naked women in compromising positions left him cold, despite how hard he tried. Whereas the mere mental image of a well-formed male torso would fire him up and send blood rushing through his veins which in turn would lead in a weak though rare moment to indulge in the unspeakable sin of self-pollution. And then afterwards, he would feel so disgusted that he couldn't even look at himself in the mirror for many, many days. To ease his stifling guilt, he would then adapt a strict regime of soul purification by devoting himself to Allah with prayers and intense religious studies for months on end. Habibi, are you all right? Hashim turned and saw his mother wrinkling her brow. He wiped his face and mumbled something. She repeated her question. Uh, I don't think I'm ready yet. Fixing her sight on her son, his mother said, Haji Ali is a very important man in our community. Everybody respects him. Marrying his niece would be a blessing for your future. Hashim just nodded silently. How could he disobey his mother, especially right after Friday prayers? And now that you're going to be studying very hard, you don't have time to look for a wife. Mother continued. Like your father did when he was your age. Keeping his head down, Hashim wanted to avoid any further discussion. When his father drove up, he quickly settled in the back and asked to be dropped off at Miriam's. 
His mother tried to engage him and dad to talk about the sermon, but the men in the car only offered their silence, and she soon gave up. As the car drove up Lakeshore Drive, Hashim gazed at the open lake, its surface rippled by a light wind. Seeing the horizon dotted by sailboats of all sizes and colors, he wished he knew how to sail, but nobody in their community did. In fact, he had never been out on the lake. There were so many things he hadn't done, and now his life was already mapped out for the rest of his days, and he didn't seem to have any control over it. Pressing his lips together in a slight grimace, he tried to picture himself taking another route, but the idea of coming out and living as an outcast from his family and community sent shivers down his spine. After pulling up to Miriam's driveway, Dad opened his mouth to say something, but stopped in his tracks as his wife shot him a warning glare. Hashim guessed it had something to do with Miriam's family. They never came to the mosque. Mom probably thought that she was a bad influence on him with all her Western ideas. And she didn't even know that Miriam was also coming to the East Coast too, which made him feel a bit guilty. Hashim moved into the shade and watched his dad's Mercedes disappearing around the curve. He took deep breaths to calm his beating heart, but it just got worse. He yanked his headphones from his pocket and plugged them into his smartphone, retreating deeper into the shadows. After a few minutes, he thrust his chest out and tipped his head back to face the thick foliage above him. The soothing sounds of Quran recitation always delivered. He felt his downtrodden spirits lifting. He could see God's work in the perfect, five-lobed shape of the leaves above him and in the sporadic sun rays penetrating the treetop, lighting up the trees in numerous shades of green. And it's going to happen tomorrow, Hashim said as he crouched on the couch. Alex drew his brows closer, but soon his forehead smoothed. Seriously? He said and studied Hashim's face. Wow, we need to get you out of this mess. Sharing his predicament with his best friend had calmed Hashim's nerves. Not that he had told the whole story, like the fact that he was gay. However, that was a piece of information he had only shared with God, though unwillingly, because from him, you can't hide a thing. Alex's eyes grew wide. But you're just turning 18, for God's sake. Isn't it a little early to get engaged? Hashim pressed his lips together and winced. You tell me. His mom knows that once Hashim is committed to an engagement, he won't break it. Miriam said. She had been following the conversation from the other side of the room, giving the guys some space after she saw how upset Hashim was when he came in. Without a solid religious reason to back out, that could shame the whole family, she added. People won't greet you anymore or return your calls. You become a nobody. Hashim couldn't look Alex in the eye. Some of the traditions in his culture were so hard to explain to a non-Muslim. He hated it when he had to justify his religion and its rules to his friends. Because he really didn't understand them all. If he asked somebody in the mosque, all he got was an angry look and some obscure reference to the Quran or to the Hadiths. 
a record of traditions and sayings of the Prophet Muhammad. Everything had changed six years ago when the new mosque opened, and the kind Haji Khalil was replaced by the heavy-bearded nephew of Haji Ali, who had completed his religious studies and training in Islamic University of Madina in Saudi Arabia. Alex pursed his lips. Uh, it sounds so tribal to me, all this family honor and stuff. That's the pre-Islamic desert culture for you. Prophet Muhammad tried to conquer it, but it went the other way. Miriam said. Hashim straightened his back. He wanted to defend his faith. It was the most important thing he had. And that included his family because he, like any other Muslim, believed the family was one half of your religion. Without one, you didn't have the other. This concept was another example of the importance of collectivism and family in Arab culture. Alex reached to touch Hashim's arm and said softly, Let's figure this out. Who's the girl? She's from Egypt. And? Alex said, tapping his foot. Hashim hunched his shoulders and touched his cheek. It felt sticky, although the AC in Mariam's room was working just fine. He was afraid to face the same derision he had seen on the TV, on panelists' faces when they were discussing some of the more rigid customs of his religion. Miriam moved to his side. Tell him. She's... Haji Ali's niece from the same village as my mom. Hashim said and wiped his face with his hand. Narrowing his eyes in concentration, Alex leaned closer. Is she cute? Hashim furrowed his brow. It was something he hadn't really thought about. I said, is she cute? No, I mean, yes. Hashim said and leaned back. I don't know, I've seen her picture, that's all, but it's not about that. I just know I can't make her happy. He hoped he didn't need to go into details. He didn't want to be put into a position where he had to lie to his best friend. Omitting facts was another thing. Why couldn't you make her happy? You've got all the necessary tools, Alex said and broke into a grin. As Hashim's face went blank, Miriam came to the rescue. So, it's your mother who's been looking for a wife for you? Hashim nodded. And my uncles, aunts, cousins, my dad's colleagues. Finding a husband or wife is a sort of community sport for traditional Muslims. Miriam said to Alex, Everybody gets involved, blood-related or not. And how about you? Alex asked. Who's your groom candidate? My family's not into that, thank God. Miriam said and chuckled. Anyway, I hang out with non-Muslim guys, so I must be spoiled the goods. Alex winced. Ouch. Hashim sat in the back seat, gazing at the sun reflecting from the still surface of the lake. Miriam turned left onto Lakeshore Drive. The air conditioner was humming in full force. According to the car's thermometer, the outside temperature was a modest 98 degrees Fahrenheit. The wind had died down, and the sailboats 
were like sitting ducks on a shiny, silvery pond. Hashim didn't pay any mind to them. The sight of fresh water had always had a calming effect on him, especially in such abundance. Perhaps it derived from his mother's side. Water was the lifeline in the upper Egypt where she was born. Anyway, the Sharia law, which stipulated one's personal relationship with God, meant literally a path to life-giving water. Peeking at Hashim in the rearview mirror, Miriam said, I could help you with all the preparations, if you want. It had been Alex's idea to throw him a birthday party. First, Hashim hadn't been too excited about the idea. He had been taught by visiting a Salafi teacher that the only birthday worth celebrating was the birthday of Prophet Muhammad and that only infidels followed this Western custom, which had been deemed heresy in the birthplace of Islam. Hashim really didn't have an opinion about it, but it was always safer to follow the rules, especially if you harbored as many impure thoughts as he did. When Hashim had voiced his qualms without going into detail, Miriam had countered that the birthday party was a good way to get all of his friends together before leaving for college. And when Alex offered his apartment as a venue for the party, Hashim gave in. What are you making? Miriam asked. Hashim scratched his neck. Dips and little stuff like koshari, falmudamas, hummus. I like that. Not your usual fare, Miriam said. In the passenger seat, Alex craned his neck to look back at Hashim. It's going to be a very vocal party. Miriam and Hashim furrowed their brows in unison. Three words. Beans, beans, and beans, Alex said. Hashim bumped Alex's shoulder from behind. Ew. I'm just saying, Alex grinned. Hashim leaned forward. Better than your blue cheese dip. It really smelled like, ugh. He pinched his nose. Alex swung around on his seat to face Hashim. That was absolutely delicious, to quote Lenny. And when has he become an authority in? And not only him, Hashim sneered. I saw him dumping his plate into the... That's not... Alex grabs Hashim's ham and tried to push it to the side. Guys, Miriam cut in. Don't you have, like, more important things to discuss? The boys stopped before breaking into a mutual smirk. Usually, they tried to behave in front of Miriam. But for them, some brotherly arm twisting was a great way to release tension. That's how all their fights ended. Neither of them was the brooding sort, nor did these little skirmishes ever last more than a few hours. Alex let Hashim go and wiped the smirk off his face. So, what do you want to do? Uh, what do you mean? Alex was about to slap Hashim, but drew his hand back when he saw Miriam looking at them in the rearview mirror. With your life, you moron. Hashim rubbed the back of his neck. I don't know. All these expectations. Is owning your life too much to ask? Seeing Alex's crisp nod, he continued. I have to stop this engagement thing from going any further. Alex's eyes lit up. You sure about this? Yeah, I just don't know how. 
We'll figure it out one way or the other, Alex said and leaned forward. Now or never. There's no next time. Eyes locked, Alex high-fived his best friend. Thank you for listening to the Rise Up Trilogy podcast. For more information, go to my website henrikvilenius.com. <laughs>